Welcome to Mercy uh, Found Sunday at Fellowship Bible Church. It is one of our favorite uh, Sundays of the year, and uh, we're glad you are here, and, and uh, we are praying that the Lord will do a work in us and through us as he always does. So, uh, so excited about this morning and about even the tangible evidence that, that we have uh, before us. So as we talk about Mercy Found Sunday at Fellowship Bible Church, uh, let me give you a little bit of a history. Um, mine and Jenna's heart to be involved in orphan care ministry started 16 and a half years ago uh, when the Lord, through a lady at the Jewish Adoption Center uh, in Cincinnati, Ohio, as you can see, placed our daughter, Joelle, in our arms That moment has crushed me. I can't get through it. Ugh. She said, let me introduce you to your precious daughter, mom and dad. Obviously, that interaction has changed our life for the good in ways that words cannot express. And so through our own process, we were blind it felt like, and uh, didn't know what to do, where to go, how to do it, uh, we began to think about helping other families uh, learn about adoption or orphan care uh, because you don't know where to start. You don't know how to get the money. At that time, uh, Jen and I were uh, uh, making a fairly small salary, and the adoption was a little over $5,000, and and we didn't have that money. So you don't know how to get the money. There's too much red tape. There's no one to walk with you through that process. Questions like what agency do, our do can I trust? And I think just the normal, real fears that a couple would have when thinking about bringing a child into their home that is not part of their DNA. Uh, that's a lot of fear there. I, I remember very tangibly thinking, being afraid that I would not love Joelle like I loved my three sons. And I knew that in time as she grew up, that if she smelled that, which she would if she felt that, that that would destroy her life. Oh, what a shock. What a pleasant shock it was the moment they laid that little girl in my arms. And I always say now I love her more than them. So, uh, and the boy said, Dad, that's not fair. I said, life isn't fair, right? So, so anyway, we are so committed to helping other families in this process. So with that sort of heart change for us and tangible life change with this little beautiful girl that was now ours. We arrived at Fellowship Bible Church 14 and a half years ago. And as the elders talk, we decided to uh, do an, what we call an annual adoption Sunday, coinciding with the national adoption uh, Sunday uh, uh, in the month of November. And we now call that Mercy Found with the goal to encourage and help young families to adopt children who need a home and to help them navigate through the difficult process at times and to equip you, our church, 
to, to do several tangible things. One, to adopt, to do foster care very tangibly, uh, bring children in your home. Uh, secondly, to equip you to give financially to these adoption, help these families who do adopt, to equip you to give a, your tangible and care of encouragement and to pray. And, and here's what's beautiful over the last 14 and a half years, uh, over 20 families in our church have adopted children. And we have a family right now, the Cherries, who are in China uh, getting uh, a child now. We will hear from them next year. You can, um, you can bet that or take that to the bank. So in light of that, we've brought on some leadership. Ten years ago, Emily Henry, Henry which you're going to hear from her in a few minutes, came along and we gave this ministry a new name called Mercy Found. Jerry Lancaster, who you're also here in a few minutes, um, joined her this year. And uh, since then, we've ex sort of expanded what M Mercy Found Sunday meant. It's more than adoption. certainly includes adoption, but there's more. There's also foster care, and you'll see the, all this on your notes. Foster care is where we can help find the perfect home for amazing kids that have been separated from their families for some unforeseen reason. And uh, the need for foster care, I was amazed this week doing some research, the need for foster care in the state of Tennessee has risen by 51% over the last few years because, primarily because of the opioid epidemic that's in our state. Tennessee is the number two state in the nation in terms of op opioid crisis. And so because of that, the need for foster care has risen. So our focus this morning, we usually focus on a different aspect of orphan care. Our focus this morning is on uh, foster Care. And in a, a few minutes, you're going to get to hear from actually two kids, two actual kids in the state of Tennessee who are waiting for a home before they age out at the year of 18. Also, uh, Mercy Found uh, means adoption, foster care, and in your notes, you'll see orphan care. And all of us, the scriptures tell us, are called to care for the orphan. And so every family can be a part of giving and caring one way or another. And on your sheet, you'll see many different ways to uh, do that and apply that. And then lastly, there's another uh, um, um, way to do that, to, to do Mercy Found ministry, is family preservation. And here's what I love about our church. I love that our church is doing family pre preservation in three incredible ways. One is our ministry that you've heard much about called Embrace Grace. And uh, Chalice Frazier and Kim Kinneman are giving leadership to that with, with moms who have pregnancies uh, that are unexpected and also with new moms, single moms who are in difficult situations. So we want to preserve that family and come on the front end of that. And also we have Stepping Stones, which is a ministry to mothers led by Kimberly Waldron uh, and a team of folks uh, who come twice uh, a month and they spend the night here and we feed them uh, dinner and breakfast and, and uh, give these places, uh, ladies, a place to stay while they work with an organization in town here that's helping them get back on their feet. 
and then Portico, which is the Crisis Pregnancy Center uh, that we have given to financially and support. Uh, many people from our church actually volunteer there. So the bottom line is from conception to a forever family and everything in between, from beginning to end, we at FBC want to create this culture of life and light in a world that is filled with death and darkness. Governor Bill Haslam put it this way. He said, we are a lot better at fixing potholes than we are at fixing hearts. And unless Christ followers come alongside of us, we're handicapped. We need people with a sense of eternal things coming along beside us. Here's what we know. Our federal government will supply parent Planned Parenthood with over $500 million that are committed to darkness and death. So we must fight as the people of God. We must respond. We must see the life of all children through the eyes of God who has marked each child with his divine image. So what does God say about orphan care and children? As Christians, here's one truth we know. We know that the truth that God declares about us in this vertical relationship we, we have, once we get that, as Monty mentioned this morning, one of the fundamental practices of Christian living is that we would embrace what he says about us, this truth, and we would live that out horizontally with each other. So here's the, the truth. Paul writes in Galatians 4, 4 through 7. But when the fullness of time has come, had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons and daughters. And because you are sons and daughters, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but a son or daughter. And if a son or daughter, then an heir through God. What Paul describes there is spiritual adoption. It is an act of God whereby he makes us members of his family because we place our trust in the shed blood of Christ. One of the most powerful concepts in scripture. Now you may ask, when does this occur? It occurs not, circle not, not after you get your life together, not after years of progress and sanctification and growth and change, but it actually occurs, the scripture says, at the moment, the very moment that you place your trust in Christ, God declares, adopted their mind. My son, my daughter. Much like as soon as that nurse put Joel in my arms, as soon as she placed her in my arms, she declared, this is your daughter. One of the truths I love about physical adoption is that the law, the law in our government says once a child has been adopted, they can never be disadopted. 
That's what the scripture says about us spiritually. And then physical adoption. So we connect the spiritual adoption with physical adoption. And the physical adoption, we know, is the process to which a person who does not belong to a given family is formally brought into it and made a full legal family member with the rights and responsibilities of that position. And here's what God does in that. In his great mercy, God works to awaken our affections in our adopted children. And he produces incredible intimacy and emotional bonding with a child that we have never known. And then they cry out to us as birth children do, daddy and mama. And that's what Paul speaks of there. That's the practical application of Galatians 4. So because of adoption, God relates to us, think about this, as his children, and we are to relate to one another as brothers and sisters, 1 Timothy 5. We can speak to God and relate to him as a good and loving father, Matthew 6. We are no longer slaves but sons, Galatians 4 says. Our father loves us and understands us, Psalms 103. Our father takes care of our needs, Matthew 6. Our father gives us many good gifts, Matthew 7. Our father gives us an heir to his kingdom, Galatians 4. Our father disciplines us as his children that he loves, Hebrews 12. Our father wants his children to be intimate with him, Ephesians 5. And our father wants us, his children, to be about his family work. So we as believers, when we make these connections, if you would, between this theological and biblical truth with the earthly reality, there are 143 million children around the world that need a home. This is so vital for us to make this connection because it is for us as believers to join in the mission the mission of God, being outward with the mission. It's a tangible expression as there is when it comes to being in the mission. Also, if you've ever wondered what is pleasing to God our Father, James, the half-brother of Jesus, and James 1.27 tells us, religion that is pure and undefiled before God, the Father is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress. The scriptures are full of exhortations and commands for us to take care of orphans and widows. It's one of the many reasons why we at Fellowship have included the ministries that we have under this umbrella of mercy found that I mentioned a few minutes ago. Matter of fact, if you know something about the book of Isaiah, you will know that one of the main reasons God is so furious with his people in the book of Isaiah is because their lack of justice and doing good toward the orphan and the widow. John Piper puts it this way. He says, when the culture of adoption is flourishing at a church, it means that people are looking to their heavenly father for their joy and embracing the stress and cost of children instead of trying to maximize their own freedom and comforts and embracing both the pain and joy of, of children 
that makes the worth of Christ shine more brightly. God's cost to adopt us was infinitely greater than any cost we will endure in adopting and raising children or taking children into our home for foster care. So, because it's a lot easier, as you know, to fall in love with a child than a statistic, I want to introduce you this morning to two children who are actually in foster care, our focus this morning, Shemaiah and Trent. These two children are in Tennessee, and they are looking for a home. They are two of hundreds who are looking for a home before they age out of the system at age 18. Take a minute to look at these videos. Hi, my name is Trey. I am 11 years old, and I will soon be 12 years old. My favorite thing to do is play video games, and my second favorite thing to do is go mudding. I like ATVs. I like going outside. I love playing with dogs and animals. I love animals, and I really like spending time with family. If my friends described me, I would say that they would describe me as friendly, talented, athletic. My favorite subject in school is probably science because they talk about the engineering design process and that kind of stuff. When I grow up, my all-time dream is to be an NFL superstar. If football doesn't work out, I would enjoy being an engineer. I would enjoy being able to create stuff that other people would enjoy using And if I was an engineer. And then, like, I like Legos, too, so I like building stuff out of those, and I'm really good with Legos. I just don't have none right now. But what I mean, like, I'm so good with Legos, like, when, you get a, when I get a Lego set, I can just look at the box and build it without using the instructions. Well, my favorite TV show is probably The Walking Dead or The Flash. And then my favorite book is probably Maze Runner. A family that I would like to have is I'd want a mom and dad. I would love to have a brother. I, I wouldn't really care too much for a sister, but I'd love to have a brother, a teenager brother. And I want one that has... That would be loving and caring and that, would, that wouldn't just give up so easily on me. They would keep trying. And then they would, like, just actually love and take care of me more than they probably would another person. Hi, my name's Shamaya and I'm 15 years old. I love to cook and clean. I love basketball, even though I can't play that good. I love math and science, but mm, the other ones. And I love history. I don't think I'm... Big fan on EL English language art. I like old school music the most. Boys to Men, New Edition, Keith Sweat. If you could get on an airplane and go anywhere in the world on a vacation, where would you go and why? I would go to Hawaii or Dominican Republic because I heard it's very beautiful. Do you know what you want to be when you grow up? A lawyer. Because like, I think like, you, you want to do a job that's helpful to the environment, like a doctor because a lot of people get sick, a lawyer because a lot of people get in trouble with the law, you know, a veterinarian because there's a lot of injured and sick animals. I'm most proud of being a good friend, I believe, in my schoolwork, how to do school. What makes you happy? For one, I thank God every day because he wakes me up. That's what really makes me happy. Is your faith something that's important to you? Mm -hmm. Tell me how your friends would describe you. <laughs> Silly. 
and I'm a very good friend. You know, if anybody needs me, I'm always there for them. If you had three wishes, what would you wish for? Hmm. To be a lawyer, to be successful, and to have kids, like six kids. Six kids? Mm -hmm. yeah. You want a big family? Mm -hmm. What would it mean to be successful? To me, it means, you know, everybody has a past. And to overcome your past and put it behind you just so you can strive and be successful in life and make it past the hard times in life. All right, what are three words you would use to describe yourself? Loving, caring, silly. <laughs> to me, family is someone who's always going to be there for you, someone who forgives, someone who loves, someone who cares, someone who will always be there for you through every circumstance. What kind of things do you picture doing with a family? I've never been camping. I want to go camping, you know, go places, have a big family dinner, you know. What would parents do to make it feel like a family? Just love me. What else do you want the world to know about you? That I'm very lovable. And I just need love. Somebody needs to get them to and bring them here at Fellowship, huh? My goodness. Well, I want you to know that Orphan care is in the DNA at Fellowship Bible Church, and it will be forever. And it is because, not because we're great, but because orphan care was in the DNA of God. And if you know Christ, you were an orphan, and now you are his redeemed son or daughter. With that, I want to bring up the leadership of Mercy Found Ministry Give them a big hand, Emily Henry and Jerry Lancaster. Monty. Good morning. Can you hear me? I'm Jerry Lancaster. The mission of Mercy Found is to resource families as they navigate adoption and fostering while also striving to support family preservation in places where economic hardships contribute to family dissolution. Our prayer is that every family in this body would be intentional about seeking God for what it looks like for them to be obedient to the command of Jesus to care for the most vulnerable of this world. Our motivation isn't fueled by philanthropy, the applause of those around us, or that by somehow doing these good works makes us more spiritual. Our motivation to extend mercy and show compassion to the least of these is because God has extended mercy and shown compassion to us. The more we reflect on the truth that God rescued us, gave us a place in his family, and is a father that delights in us as his children, the more our hearts are transformed. Being adopted and delighted in by our heavenly father gives us a place to belong and frees us from shame. In light of this truth, we have chosen to focus on foster care today and the great need for people who are willing to open their home to children who desperately need to experience a rescue, find security, and be delighted in. We can be the picture to them of what has been done for us. Could we be on mission with the Lord in such a way that we are willing to trust him when he nudges us towards something outside of our comfort zone, outside of our own estimation of our abilities, towards something unknown, something hard, or even something scary. Because he does nudge us toward those things. Will we follow him down those paths, trusting that his way will lead to our joy and more of him? God doesn't call us all to adopt or foster, but for those he does, he will equip with everything needed. 
And as the church, we can come around these families that do obey the call of God to adopt or foster. Mercy Found is going to be implementing a more structured way for us to give care for families who are fostering or adopting. It's called a wraparound ministry where individuals or families can sign up to provide assistance and encouragement to a new adoptive or foster family. From prayer and encouraging notes to babysitting so the parents can get out for a few hours to making a meal, there are practical ways to wrap around a family and walk with them on this journey. If you're interested in hearing more about this, we are having a follow-up meeting on December 3rd that will offer more details. Thank you, Jerry. Um, and I'm Emily Henry. And... Uh, we are excited about this wraparound ministry. Um, every, like Jeff has said and Jerry has said, Mercy Found's m mission and purpose is simply to encourage you, our brothers and sisters, our, our little community in sort of the big community of God's family to intentionally step in to the vulnerable children in, in right here in America and around the world. And so it may feel like every, every Mercy Found Sunday um, that we've had over the last 10 years or 13 years um, that that you didn't really feel like you had a place where you could plug in. And so that's why our hope is that with this new wraparound ministry part of Mercy Found, you will find that place where you can wrap around an adoptive or a foster family so that they can bring a child home and give them a family exactly like what Jeff was saying God did for us. Um, and that is what, as his children, we want to do is give these children a family. So every year we in November, like Jeff said, we get to celebrate Mercy Found Sunday along with all of our brothers and sisters all over the world. And really it's a time for us to just sit around as children of God and talk about our Father's heart for the vulnerable and the orphans around the world. And um, our highlight today is foster care, and we've talked a lot about that. Please, please visit americakidsbelong.org. Go down to the States, go to Tennessee, and those two videos that you watched, you can watch a lot more of those kids. Pray for them as you're watching it. Pray for them. Pray for uh, a foster family for them. And um, certainly, if God puts it on your heart to become a foster parent, there are 8,000 kids in Tennessee in the foster care system, and there are only 4,000 foster care families. So the need is obvious. The need is great. So if God calls you to that, please follow that. You'll, you'll do a PATH program um, to become a foster parent. You should have um, on your chair someone around, somewhere around you a little note card that has a Tennessee foster child on it. Um, thank you. It looks like this, um, and it has a little bit about that child. If you don't have one, there's some out on our table that you can grab. Take that card, stick it on your fridge, and pray for that child. Um, uh, and so if, if perhaps you will foster and it will lead into adoption. As you'll see on your handout, um, there are four, we list four things, and Jeff has already mentioned those, adoption and fostering and fam family preservation, and all of those fall under orphan care. Adoption is dear to my heart. Um, my youngest was uh, adopted from China, and so it is a beautiful way to, um, to, love, to seek justice, to love mercy for a child who doesn't have a family. It's a beautiful way to do that, but let me tell you, like Jeff was saying, the blessing is all yours. So... Um, 
you'll see some folks listed there, some families. That list isn't exhaustive. We're going to post this week on Mercy Found. Please go to Realm and go to Mercy Found. Join the group. And we're going to list families with specifically international, domestic, embryo, um, different countries. Go there, and, and you can contact those folks through Realm. Um, or you can contact Jerry and I also through Realm. And we'll be outside at the table. Um, under that is orphan care, and orphan care is just this big umbrella that encompasses all of those things. And I love, this is our second year for, uh, for our Operation Christmas Child to fall on the same Sunday as Mercy Found Sunday, and I love that because you don't have to do anything except look down at these boxes to see tangible evidence of caring for vulnerable children around the world. So I love that these fall together. God is so gracious and, and clever to do that. So, um, but... Uh, what, what we want to be sure that we're doing with foster care, with uh, orphan care. Often we think of sponsorship. A lot of us in this room probably sponsor children and organizations around the world. We want to be careful to do our due diligence when we're, when we're sponsoring and sending our money to these organizations. Exactly what Jeff was talking about. Families, that is the very best for a child. Um, I understand my Ellie, the Social Welfare Institute in Jiawu, China, for 14 months was, was a provision for her. What was best for her was a family. And so we want to be sure that we're doing our due diligence and, and, and supporting organizations that are working towards the end of family care. In other words, four out of every five child that's in, that are in institutions around the world, with the exception of China, are... Uh, have someone outside of that building that wants to take care of them, loves them, but they're just too poor to give them food, education, and maybe a roof over their head. So we don't want to say to them, we want to put money in a building and you should put your child there too. We want to say to them, we want to come alongside you. Exactly what family preservation is, exactly what Stepping Stones is doing, and Embrace Grace and Portico are doing. We're going to come alongside you so that that child can stay in a home with a loving family. Exactly what God did for us. So look at those ways, um, all four of those ways. We've given you a lot of information. Jerry and I will be out at the desk. Um, please come out there, join us, ask any questions. We have lots of handouts for you if you want them. Um, and please know that doing Orphan Sunday through our Mercy Found Sunday every year, we're part of a much bigger picture of what God is doing with his children. You and I, every year he's using this Sunday to encourage us and to remind us of what he's done for us and then ask us to do that or help someone else do that. Um, so think about how God is working in your heart. Go to americaskidsbelong.org and come and see Jerry and I out at, out at the table. Well, let's wrap up uh, this morning with a uh, sort of an extended so what. And so I think big picture, you sit there and you think, what can I do? I think the first thing is to look at that sheet that you gave you. If you didn't get one, you can uh, pick one up uh, when you uh, go out. And you look at that sheet, and it gives great. Remember, one of the things that we want to help with is where to start. Where do we go? What agencies can we trust? How can we play a role? I'm, 
I'm 55. I'm probably not going to adopt another child at 55 because I'm just thankful I'm still alive, right? So, uh, uh, but I can still play a role when it comes to orphan care. And the, this sheet tells you that in, in very small and tangible ways. The second takeaway, I think, is for you to visit uh, the resource that these gals will give you uh, at the table. They will be able to answer all your questions and, and uh, uh, maybe something you didn't understand this morning, some questions you have about moving forward. They will be able to help you or get you to someone who can. And then I think thirdly is, uh, is really to ask the question. Some of you here, the Lord is, is moving like he did with me and Jenna. And when he moved with Jenna and I, uh, my wife came to me, and he moved with her first, by the way. And she said, I think the Lord wants us to adopt. And I said, you have lost your mind. And I said, talk to the hand. I was sort of rude to her. I said, there ain't no way, no how. For the next year, we spoke about the hound of heaven. He chased me down. He threw me around the grabbed me around the neck and threw me on the ground and stomped on my chest and said, I love you, bro, but you've been running from me and I am calling you to adopt. And so I really want you to ask a question as we pray this morning. The first thing I want you to ask is, does the Lord want me and my family to adopt a child? Just ask those of you who are in that season of life. Be willing to ask the question. second question that sort of opens up a, a greater pool of people is, does the Lord want us to foster care a child from the state of Tennessee and go through that process to be a home until they can potentially and possibly move back with their family? Thirdly, ask the Lord, ask the Lord for wisdom and insight and direction 
to how you can play your role when it comes to orphan care, your God-ordained role, and maybe even using that sheet today or when you get home to look over that every person in this church in some form or another would be invested in engaging in orphan care. Ask the Lord to give you wisdom and direction in that. lastly grab the person next to you if you would to pray over these boxes for OCC that the Lord would send them exactly where he wants them I read this week when it came to these OCC boxes that a child had gotten several years past his dad had lost some of his tools and so couldn't provide for his family. And he prayed that in that box would be tools for his dad. And in that box was a hammer and a screwdriver that this little kid got. So pray over these boxes and pray that many children and their family, as they hear the gospel that's enclosed, God would draw them to himself. Jesus, help us this morning to really internalize your great love for us through this theologically rich, beautiful word adoption. You just didn't take us in because you had to. You took us in because you wanted to. You became a good father to us. You paid a great price for us. You committed yourself to us for all of eternity to be with us, to walk with us, to care for us, to provide for us, to never leave us nor forsake us. Oh Lord, when that gets internalized inside of us, that that's as true about me, it's too much to contain within us. It's got to go outward. And outward with the mission it goes. And one of the first practical ways is to, to children, to orphans. 
continue to do a sweet work in this church. I pray for these beloved people of yours, for myself, that we would, as Monty said, be full of compassion and generosity and gratitude. We love you. Thankful that your word gives us direction, that we don't have to wonder what we are to do. You tell us what you love, and then we get to love what you love. And you love the orphan, and you love the widow. We love you, and everyone said, Amen. Mm-hmm.